Hi, everybody. This is Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. There once was a small American town, and although it sat in the forgotten corner of a giant city, it was much like any other small community around America. Everyone knew everyone else's name and everyone's business. Instead of a stream or a brook, we had the fire hydrant. We didn't have farmer's markets, but we did have a well-stocked bodega. And rather than sitting on the front porch to watch the little world fall by, we sat on our stoops. You know, it seems like an ancient time, like it was some lost city. It was like I had watched it all from the stoops of Atlantis. and that song was playing on my street one summer, early afternoon. Not sure the source of the music, but I, I think it was being beamed up from hell. Everyone on my block was dancing, tossing cotton candy flowers and gumdrops in the air, while skipping and singing along. I looked at all of them as if they were whacked. Bunch of losers. What a lame, crap song. I mean, this was the 70s, the golden age of rock and roll. Paula, a girl about six, she danced by with sweet tarts and gumballs pulling from her skull like Happy Skittles Rainbow. She looked at me, and I said, I hate this song. Horror and hatred burned in her eyes, and she pushed me and skipped off. That was an, that's an actual memory. It happened just like that. Not sure where the animosity for that song came from that day, but, but I guess at that age I had a nose for the cornball. But I loved candy. You can even eat the dishes. When I was a kid, candy was a commodity. It was an energy source, a drug. It was a cultural experience, and at times it crossed into the realm of the mystical. If I understand it correctly, there are kids today being raised not allowed to eat candy. Hmm. How tragic and sad of a world that we're in. I said it was an energy source. It was. Something had to keep us running, jumping, skipping, hoppity hopping, wiffle ball bat swinging, hopscotching, hide and go seeking, rope jumping, and freeze tagging. See, we were anything but sedentary. Something like 74% of kids today get less than an hour of physical activity per day. Childhood obesity is rising like a Duncan Hines cake. So, you know, with these numbers in mind, it makes sense not to give this sugary rocket fuel to the kids as it might just serve to make them launch and then fall asleep at their phones. Back then, well, the obese kids were rare. We were too busy burning off millions of calories to keep any weight on. And we needed the fuel. Summer months were spent completely outside, rain or shine. And during the school year, aside from gym and recess, we spent many hours after school on the same streets playing those same games of summer, sometimes with snow. Candy came in endless forms and flavors, and no one can agree which one is best. I posted on the Stoops of Atlantis Facebook page asking, you know, what folks' favorites were, and the answers were not surprisingly very diverse. Sugar man, won't you hurry? Cause I'm tired of these scenes. 
form of blue corn Won't you bring back All those colors to my dreams Every kid I knew had that sugary monkey on their shoulder They all loved that white powder Gotta remember, it was the 70s The stuff was everywhere And we all had our contacts Our favorite dealer Sugar man Met a false friend As a kid, maybe until I was about nine or so, Scotty was the main man, the connection. His shop on Pleasant Avenue between 118 and 119 was old. I mean, heck, my parents bought candy there when they were kids. My mother told me they used to have a jukebox there in the 40s and 50s. My memory of the place is a dark, narrow shop that had glass cases and shelves of any sugary angel or demon you desired. I'm not sure where he could have squeezed in a jukebox. But by the time video game machines came out, well, Scotty's was closed. The entire row of buildings rendered into an empty lot. If you go there today, you can still smell the sugar and see the ghostly schools of Swedish fish swimming in the air. He had all the exotic stuff, from candy buttons, you know, that ultimate old-school candy that looked cooler than it actually tasted, to the rare giant Swedish fish, the size of a sardine and it cost a whole nickel. What is the flavor of a Swedish fish anyway? I've been thinking about that. Is it cherry, raspberry, salmon? Never could pinpoint it, but man, it's great. Does anyone remember the flying saucers? There's an esoteric piece of sweetness for you. They were pastel-colored little UFOs made from this paper-thin, wafer-like stuff. And inside were these little disappointing colored sugar beads. Talk about all show and no substance. But I was fascinated by them, and when I actually plopped down a few pennies from one and let it dissolve like a communion wafer in my mouth, well... Let's just say I'd rather nosh on a few cherry narrowators. Not exactly bursting with real fruit flavor. And Scotty, he carried the complete line of wax edibles. Now, there are two types of wax treats. The drinkable and the utter useless. The wax soda bottles that came filled with that colorful sugar water were great. Packaged in their own little six-pack... They could quench your thirst and sweet tooth at the same time on those summer days. And you'd chew the bottles to drain out every last drop of content. There were also the wax tubes that were sold individually. And they had maybe an ounce of that drinkable mystery liquid. But on the other hand, wax whips, teeth, mustaches, nose, harmonicas, or what have you, were the choice of the insane, in my humble opinion. Does anyone really need to suck on and chew on a votive candle? I bought wax whips once. They tasted like wax. They looked like wax felt like wax, smelled like wax. You know why? Because they were wax. I mean, who wants to suck on crayons? At least Crayola came in a pack of 64 flavors. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? I, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Then, there were the tobacco training candies. Yeah, these are no longer tolerated by society, but I thought they were fun. The candy cigarettes came in two varieties. The first sucked. There were sticks of hard candy with little painted on red tips that smelled, tasted, and now that I think about it, sort of looked like those septic pencils you used to stop shaving cuts from bleeding. Ugh. But the other kind were cool. 
They were wrapped in paper like real cigarettes and just enough powdered sugar to blow out in a cinematic puff of smoke like bogey with a camel. And then when you were done doing your Rod Serling impression, you peeled away the paper and chomped on that pink bubblegum. There were candy pipes, gum cigars, and then in the late 70s, Big Weed Chew, the sweet version of that grotesque product ball players used to spit all over stadiums from coast to coast. As a side note, I once tried real chewing tobacco as a 12-year-old when my friend Vito bought a pack. Man, I almost barfed on that. Never did that again. You can keep your wads of spittle-soaked Virginia's finest. Anyway, after I got control over my many-pack habit of candy cigarettes, I never actually picked up the real thing. Just an occasional cigar. So yeah, we can lighten up about this stuff. It was just good, clean, sweet fun. Once upon a time there was an engineer. Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear. He had an engine and he sure had fun. He's good and plenty candy to make his train run. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Charlie says, really rings the bell. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Don't know any other candy that I love so well. a variety of candies that came in boxes to please any taste. You had your good and plenties for the licorice lovers. For me, good and plenty were only worth it for the pink and white coating. Once that was sucked off, I spat out that inner gummy bit that tasted like a black jelly bean. Yeah, not my favorite. I was never into licorice, licorice, whatever way you say it. Yet for me, I actually preferred good and plenty's lesser known sister candy, good and fruity. But for me, you know, sour candy was where my obsession lay. So my favorite box candy by far were Lemonheads. I would bite off that hard yellow candy coating and once done, enjoy its face puckering super sour innards. My face is contorting right now just thinking about it. Lemonhead's purple cousin was Alexander the Grape, made by the same company, Ferrara Candy, that made Red Hot, so pretty good cinnamon candy, and that oddity of the candy world, Boston Baked Beans, which I confess I can't recall ever actually trying, but as a kid the idea never turned me on and I didn't even like the real thing. Alex the Grape, uh, they were harder to find in my hood for some reason, but had that same super sour center, a burst of tart grape that I loved. I recently learned they also made cherry and apple heads. I don't know how I missed that. I never tried them, but I'm going to be searching the net. I'm going to order them, because they sound amazing. But the king of all sour candies was Sweet Tarts. In the original foil package, the original flavors, when lemon was included, not that chemically tasting blue replacement. Candy in boxes were cool, but they were really stoop candies. So you needed to sit, chill, slide out the candy after candy, while lounging on lazy summer days. They were not really conducive to playing ball or street games, so they required two-handed dexterity. And the king of all stoop candies was Fun Dip. Called Wickamade in the burbs, this was a no-nonsense two-handed project. Two flavors of tart powder and a banana-tasting dipstick. Yeah, it was banana. I don't know if anybody realized that. That's what the flavor of that stick was. And nothing else was happening when you invested that 25 cents on this joyous, tongue-staining, sugary jet fuel. It was a play-break treat. A refueling station source of re-energizing, artificially flavored junk to get your soul ready for that next game of Red Rover. Now, there were good playing candies, and the best playing candies were the longer-lasting sucking sweets like Bloops, Royal Crown Sours, Starbursts, or Now and Laters, you know, the real teeth killers, and the best and still reigning champ, Jolly Ranchers. Anyone remember that they actually came in sticks, large and small? We would smash them on the stoop, still in the wrapper, 
rendering it like a shattered windshield of delight to eat bit by bit. Like baseball teams, politics, and underwear styles, the choice of Jolly Rancher flavor is very personal. For me, there was no contest. Every flavor took a backseat to cherry. Lemon was a great runner-up flavor, but it was a way to replace in the standard pack by the very inferior blue. And watermelon? That's a good flavor, but it, it came in for me at about third. Yeah, I could hear the outcry from here. You're nuts, Mikey. Apple is the best. Cherry? That tasted like cough syrup gone bad. Grape rules. You Gen X moron. Blue. Blue's the best. And you know what? You're all right. In this instance of Jolly Rancher cross-country racing, we all get participation trophies. We're all right. We thank you, Musketeers, for saving our country. Here is a token of my affection. Ah, a three Musketeers candy bar. By the king, I deserve it. And what of me? Men, have you forgotten? Three Musketeers is big enough to share. Creamy milk chocolate, fluffy cocoa nougat. Fun for all, and all for fun. Chocolates? Well, that was an entirely separate subdivision of candy. My go-to was M&M's with peanuts. I would surgically deconstruct each tasty bowl down to splitting the peanut in half and removing that tiny nub of sprouting peanut plant inside each. You know sure what I mean? Go get an M&M with peanut. Any color you'll do. Unless you're in a rock band and you need the green ones for their you know, urban legendary aphrodisiac properties. Crack the shell with your teeth. Peel it off. Enjoy each and every morsel. Then nosh on the remaining chocolate shell. You'll be left with a peanut. And split that one in half. Take note of one end. That little bit protruding? That would have become another peanut plan had the folks at Nestle not roasted the bugger. Chocolate bars were also a matter of personal taste. I loved Snickers and Almond Joy, but I would never turn down a Milky Way, Mounds, Three Musketeers, or Fifth Avenue bar. Hell, I even liked Whatchamacallits when they arrived on the scene. Hey Joel, you happy I mentioned that one? There was a Reggie bar when the Yankees were winning in the late 70s, Charleston shoes in various flavors. I prefer them soft, but some of my friends froze them. Over the years, many new candies hit the market, like bottle caps, Skittles, Airheads, Jelly Bellies, and dozens of variations on Jolly Ranchers, gummy candies, and nuclear-level sour candies like Crybabies. Even all these years later, I find it hard to resist Starbursts and Gummy Bears, or the iconic and always perfect ruby red and beautifully translucent Cherry Jolly Rancher. These were the flavors of fun and innocence. Just thinking about them give me flashbacks. Memories from getting buzzed on sugar back on those stoops of Atlantis. This has been the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. Stay tuned for future tales and bizarreness from that ancient land called East Harlem. Check me out on Facebook. <laughs>